Hello and welcome to the Activist Podcast brought to you by Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals. I'm your host, Gareth Skur, and I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have the wonderful Dr. Michael Greger. In this interview, Dr. Greger shares his wealth of knowledge regarding medicine, health, and living through pandemics with a vegan perspective. We hope you learn as much as we did from this episode, and be sure to check out our social media pages at VeganFTA on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where you can also find the series in video format. A pleasure to have you here with us today. As you have stated in many previous interviews, being vegan does not necessarily mean being healthy. And veganism is the philosophy, not the diet. At Vegan FTA, we try and encourage activists to do the best they can for the animals by also taking good care of themselves. Do you have any advice for those audience members who are saving the animals but not doing the same with their health? You are an animal too. You deserve to be saved. You want animals to live long, healthy lives? Well, I want you to live a long, healthy life. You know, uh, you need, compassion starts at home. You know, when you're on a, the airplane and they say, put your face mask, oxygen mask on first before helping the child, that's because if you're incapacitated, you're not going to be any help to anybody. So put your mask on first, take care of yourself, and think how many more animals you'll help if you live a long, healthy, active life. That's fantastic, yeah. Excellent logic, yeah. I can't argue with that at all. <laughs> well, um, for us, since learning more about the benefits of our whole food plant-based diet and the, its abilities not just uh, prevent but also to cure and reverse diseases such as uh, diabetes, heart disease, forms of cancer, um, it throws up a bit of a dilemma for me um, just in the form of charitable giving. Uh, this can be, you know, uh, one very effective form of advocacy, you know, voting with your wallet, putting your money into the right places. But uh, all too often out here in New Zealand, we'll go to the supermarket and you have your lovely old lady sat out front of the, uh, the supermarket there and she's rattling her bucket, you know, trying to get us to donate to one of these um, cancer society or diabetes uh, charities. And they're all lovely people you know going out there for the best sort of interest there but um you've got sausages on the barbecue at the same time you know uh, yeah so it, it's kind of um when we already have these answers through the whole food plant-based diet on how to cure and prevent some of these diseases um how can we best support um and how can we best best give and use our um our voting power, I guess. Yeah, we power. want to make sure that we yeah. put our money in the right places. So what what do we do? What's your advice on dealing with this dilemma? Oh, well, you know, a new organization, there's an organization um, in Australia and New Zealand, kind of a, uh, a counterpart to Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in the United States and the Physicians Association for Nutrition in Europe. You know, I just heard about them. Let me see if I, uh, do you know the name offhand? I can pull it up. Well, there's a couple. There's evidence-based eating. Um, oh, I never heard of them. Oh, they're great. Evidence-based eating. Uh, there is, is it Doctors for Nutrition, I believe? Oh, oh, is it? Is it that easy? It could be. It could be. Yeah. We oh, do yes, have... Doctors for Nutrition. That's the group I was thinking of. Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, uh, so there's a lot of good places, a lot of good groups that are doing a lot of good things. Um, and, you know, in general, uh, certainly with my giving, try to treat the cause of the problem. Um, and uh, so instead of mopping up the floor, we want to turn off the sink for an overflowing sink. 
Um, and uh, so that's why, you know, these are lifestyle diseases. And so instead of just trying to invest money and trying to find better drugs to slow down the rate at which diabetics go blind and lose their kidney function and lower limb amputations, well, how about, how about treat the reason people get diabetes in the first place to prevent that whole long cascade of events instead of just slowing people's rate of decline, actually um, reverse it. Um, and so there are uh, wonderful groups out there um, uh, which are informing people about the causes of lifestyle medicine. And, you know, they don't have the big pharma money behind them to um, reach doctors um, and to reach consumers. And so that's why it's so important to, to support them. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. That, that's great to know. And yeah, definitely. Is it? We're not always aware of these places that don't receive funding. So it's, it's great to get that out there. And um, they're definitely doing great work. Um, like you yourself, and as you do in all your work, you have really gone the extra mile this past year in helping educate and inform the public about pandemics. Um, having predicted this most recent one way back in 2008, I think it was, you know, you were well aware of the inevitable. And now that the rest of the world is finally catching up with you and is getting on board, what are the key things that we can focus on to help prevent the next one? Yeah, that's really the most important uh, question. And that's what I hope the silver lining of COVID-19 will be. It's kind of the, the fire drill uh, to wake us out of our complacency, kind of the test run. Um, and thankfully, um, this has been a very mild pandemic, only about a 0.4% mortality, like one in 250 people dying. Um, and so we really got off lucky. Um, uh, according to the um, US CDC, the uh, best prediction for the next pandemic virus after COVID-19 is a bird flu virus known as H7N9, which is a hundred times deadlier. Um, and so um, it's critically important to prevent the emergence of these viruses in the first place. And that means changing the way uh, we raise animals. Over the last few decades, there's been an unprecedented rise in the number of new human pathogens. You say, wait a second, uh, where are they emerging from? Mostly from animals. The AIDS virus emerged from the bushmeat trade in Africa. The you know, mad cow disease was because we turned cows into carnivores and cannibals. SARS and COVID-19 traced back to the wild animal trade. You know, about our last pandemic, swine flu in 2009, wasn't born in some backwater wet market in Asia, but was uh, largely made in the USA, right here in North America, in these industrial pig factories. And so, um, uh, you know, how we raise animals can have global public health implications. When you crowd thousands or tens of thousands of animals in these cramped, healthy football field-sized sheds to lie beak to beak or snout to snout atop their own waist, it's just a breeding ground for disease. There's the sheer numbers, the overcrowding, the the stress crippling their immune systems, the, the, the ammonia from the decomposing waste burning their lungs, the lack of fresh air, lack of sunlight, you put all these factors together, what you have is really kind of perfect storm environment for the emergence and spread of new so-called super strains of influenza. So I mean, bottom line is not worth risking the lives of millions of people for the sake of cheaper chicken. Oh, that, that's for sure. So I, I'll, um, I'd highly recommend our viewers, if they haven't already, go and check out some of your videos that you've done and some of your um, articles and blogs on your website, nutritionfacts.org, um, because, yeah, they, they can fill an even more detailed picture of um, what you're talking about there. And um, you have some incredible books as well, How Not to Die, of course. We should um, have it in, have we, in front of us, shouldn't we? Everyone knows what that cover looks um, like. It's an amazing cover. It's just the best <laughs> best title ever, I think, for the book. Um, but this year as well, you did the How to Survive a Pandemic book. And I should point out as well um, to our viewers that 
100% of the proceeds go to charities as well. So you're not only educating yourself, you are advocating for change, which is fantastic. Mm, even more of a reason to rush out and buy them, definitely. Aye, but um, can you recommend some key resources in regard to COVID and zoonotic diseases our followers can check out? So those who wish to take up these debates with um, folks out in the street can be a little bit more informed and prepared. Yeah, well, the, um, uh, the, the best source I know of is the work that I put together. Um, but you're right, it's, a, it's part of a video series. And so you can just watch all my COVID videos on nutritionfacts.org. Um, and that should really give you a good idea of where these viruses come from in the first place, the kind of coronaviruses that are infecting livestock that we're concerned about jumping species, as well as um, bird flu, swine flu. Um, and what we can do to prevent the next one, as well as take care, taking care of ourselves right now. I mean, the, the, you know, think about the key um, risk factors for a severe case of COVID-19, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, all of which can be prevented, arrested, or reversed with a healthy enough plant-based diet. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's like you say, it's time that we woke up. And you've got something like over 2,000 videos on, on your uh platforms that that's you know there's no excuse for us not to be educated is it and you know we are so fortunate to have such treasures in the medical field like yourself fighting to be heard and teaching us how we can save ourselves by simply eating the food that nature intended us to eat however i think you know it would be fair to say that you are by far one of the most prolific advocates if not the most prolific and um you know we, we followed you for a long time i've heard rip Hesselston say that you just never stop and you know not a day goes by that i don't wake up in the morning and there isn't something some new blind mind-blowing information from you in my email uh -huh. inbox so thank you for that and you know i'm sure i speak for many out there when i say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything that you do do for all of us you campaign so fiercely and unendingly for the truth um you know to be known when it comes to health and nutrition what is it that keeps that fire burning well originally it was my grandmother that's what got me involved in all this. You know, I was just a kid when my grandma was sent home in a wheelchair to die. She was diagnosed with end-stage heart disease. She already had so many bypass operations. She basically ran out of plumbing at some point, confined in a wheelchair, crushing chest pain. Her life was over at age 65. And then she heard about this guy, Nathan Pritikin, one of, the, one of our early lifestyle medicine pioneers. What happened next is actually detailed in Pritikin's biography. It talks about Francis Greger, uh, my grandma. Um, she was one of the death's door people um, who showed up. Uh, they wheeled her in, but she walked out. Um, uh, and uh, though she was given her medical death sentence at age 65, thanks to a healthy diet, she was able to enjoy another 31 years on this planet to age 96 to continue to enjoy her six grandkids, including me. So that's why I went into medicine. That's why I practice lifestyle medicine, why I started nutritionfacts.org, why I wrote the book. How Not to Die, why all the proceeds from all my books are all donated directly to charity. I just want to do for everyone's family what Pritikin did for my family. Well, thank you for sharing that story. When we were uh, writing our questions for this, we were hoping you'd bring that up because I just love hearing that story. And I think there's so many people out there who can hopefully, well, they can't relate with uh, the, the victory within it, but they can relate with their family members, unfortunately, going through these circumstances. Exactly. And, and the fact is, it's not too late. You know, your, your grandmother was in her 60s when this happened. I know uh, people that are in their 70s that are like, oh, it's too late for me to make these changes. It's obviously not. Who wouldn't want another 30 years on this planet? It's never too late to start eating healthier, never too late to stop smoking, never too late to start getting active. 
It's um, but it's it's fantastic the work that you're now doing there, spurred by that fire. And when facing a seemingly impossible task, such as, you know, systematic change and the huge cultural shift that goes against us, you know, pushing for a more whole food plant-based diet and a, in our case, a, a vegan lifestyle. Um, for some of our advocates and activists, you know, for you, someone who's just persevered so hard through all of, uh, all of your trials along the way, do you have any advice for them to stay resolute in their cause? Oh, well, um, uh, all you have to do is think of the live save. So for me, it's the people save. For them, presumably, it's the animal save. But, uh, you know, you just have to look. I just have to look into the face of my patients um, and their families, and people can look in the face of the lambs and the, uh, you know, and the pigs that uh, are, uh, um, that, you know, they may have played a role in, 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 in saving. And that's what that's the, it kind of just reignites the spark that got you to do this in the first place. Hey, you know, the day-to-day -day drudgery, you can lose the focus. And so you can be reminded by that really hands-on work. So, uh, you know, presumably if someone's doing, you know, campaigning work, they're working in politics, they're working in policy, you know, they're kind of removed from what's happening on the ground. So, hey, you know, are, are, is there a, 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 some kind of farm sanctuary you can go volunteer at? Um, and, you know, just, you know, give a pig a belly rub or something. Remind yourself what's actually happening here um, and why, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the next day you're going to be that much more fired up, even if you're just doing paperwork all day, because, you know, it's that, that, that emotional sense, that really guttural sense of, uh, of uh, you know, the emotion of why you're doing it. Um, uh, you know, for me, you know, I spend, uh, you know, most of the time just, you know, basically, it used to be literally in the library. Now it's all online in front of my laptop. And, uh, you know, it can be lonely work. I don't really see the face-to-face, -face, the, uh, the impact. You know, I realize it's just kind of getting out there. And, the, and, and, and intellectually, I understand it's making an impact. But it's only, you know, that every third year when I actually go speaking, you know, new book every three years, uh, after the book comes out, I spend a year on the road traveling around. Um, and uh, only then do I, you know, I have the long, you know, four-hour book lines where people are coming up in tears and saying how they, you know, I saved a family member that they dearly loved. And then, I mean, that's what, that's what reminds me. That's what really keeps it real for me that we're talking about life-changing, life-saving information. And, you know, what if I didn't make that video? You know, that, that, that they just happened to click on on YouTube or something. You know, what if I decided to, you know, watch Netflix that day? Or what if I decided whatever? Um, and so that's what, that's what keeps me going. Um, uh, you know, I know in the back of my mind, but it's, it's something about, you know, that human interaction, that face-to-face -face that really, um, uh, you know, uh, keeps the fire burning. Stop the podcast. We'd like to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our partners, Sentient Media. Sentient Media is a non-profit news organization that reports on the corruption within modern animal industries and brings these stories to the mainstream. Their mission is to create transparency around the role of animals in our daily lives, from food to companionship to laboratory test subjects. Sign up to their free newsletter to keep up to date with all the latest features and investigations. Head on over to sentientmedia.org today. Now back to the podcast. That's brilliant. And you're so right about, you know, it, sometimes it's it's just receiving that message at the right time. Um, you've got me changing the deodorant that I use, you know, and that was because I 
uh, it came into my email inbox and I was like, oh, I should really do something about that. And then um, my mother-in-law, Gareth's mom, who is an avid fan of yours, she shared it on her Facebook and I'm like, oh, now she shared it. There's, there's really got to be something, you know, I've got to take this seriously. So next thing I've changed my deodorant, you know, Yay. it's it's those small changes that can just be if just getting people to take notice and to, to quote Rip Esselstyn again. I remember um, him saying at Plantstock, you know, he once asked you what your favorite movie was and you said, who's got time for movies when there's life to save? But it's, you know, the, it made me chuckle, but when you when you put it that way animal lives human lives there is so much work that we can all do you know it, it's fantastic and uh, we touched on this um a little um just earlier that throughout your career as a physician you know you focused on tackling the root of the issue the cause and working on prevention rather than symptomatic relief um in order for us to create change on a larger scale we all need to look to the causes rather than the symptoms how can we best aid you in creating systematic change um, well, yeah, so it's not just, uh, you know, it's not enough for what we do within our own households. I think, you know, people are like, look, I recycle, I, you know, I uh, use energy efficient light bulbs, I, you know, I eat uh, healthier and uh, lower on the food chain. Um, and so like, I'm doing my part. But you don't realize that the, the world is in a real crisis. Uh, millions of lives are at stake. And uh, it's not enough for you to do your own little part. You really have to get out there, get active, and contribute to this growing movement of people that are coming together and saying that the status quo is untenable. It's unsustainable. And we're going to change it. And there has been this tremendous um, upsurge, um, groundswell of, uh, of uh, people um, advocating plant-based eating. And we see that, you know, with McDonald's now saying they're going to offer a plant-based uh, meat. I mean, that's, you know, writing is on the wall. Some of the biggest corporations, even the meat companies, Tyson, Purdue, Smithfield, Cargill, biggest meat companies in the world have started putting out these plant-based lines and they're kind of reorienting themselves like protein companies instead of meat companies. Um, and, uh, and so, I mean, here in the States, we're seeing uh, major dairies going bankrupt because they're offering people a constellation of new choices. Um, and, and people are just choosing the better choices. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, but uh, we just, you know, got to get the word out. We got to share this information. The science is on our side. Um, but, you know, these days, just because you have the facts, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, does not translate into action. Um, and so, uh, you know, we really need to insist that people do the deep digging. Um, so they can see that uh, this is really the healthiest way to eat um, for both uh, people and planet. Thank you. That's such a, such a brilliant um, answer there. And uh, one of our former speakers on this series, he, he spoke about how doing you a little bit, you know, you're cycling, you're eating right, you know, that sort of that brings you back up to, to zero from negative one, you know. <laughs> and now you've got to do your, your activism, your speaking, you're getting that truth out there to get to the plus one because – that is really what's going to help galvanize this change. Mm, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going back to that never underestimating your power as an individual, isn't it? Whether as a, in any type of advocacy, you know, we can all make enormous change. I mean, you yourself, when I was reading How Not to Die, you've, even, even at the time that you brought out How Not to Die, how many uh, talks had you given then? It was something insane. And that was books oh. ago. Yeah, no, no, it's always insane. Yeah, so this tour, this latest book tour was a 200 city tour. 
um, uh, um, in about a 10 month span. But, uh, but of course, I only got to about 50 before the whole thing uh, fell apart in March. But uh, looking forward to going out after the next book in uh, 2023. Fantastic. And, you know, you've certainly done everything you can this, this past year since, since March, like you say, to just make sure that we just keep hearing that message. So fantastic so we sort of touched on this a little bit as well um before but when we're trying to create such change you know we're often met um with the the narrative from industries that heavily defend um a lot of the things like uh, the meat production and stuff so you've got uh, your big ag you know you've got your pharmaceuticals um all these sort of big establishments um and over your career you've had to put up with a lot of this and of course being in medicine the pharmaceutical culture uh pharmaceutical industry in particular um do you have any advice for our audience you know when we're coming up against these uh the, these narratives coming from the big industry well i think it's important to point to point that out i mean i think uh people have developed a natural skepticism of uh, big pharma unfortunately sometimes it goes a little too far into the kind of the anti-vaccination um uh, arena but that initial critical thinking skepticism that says, wait a second, this is somebody that has a, a financial economic interest in the outcome. Um, you always have to you know, demand that there's some kind of third party independent verification of uh, the purported benefits. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, so it's important to, to point out, oh, well, yes, this, this, this you know, pamphlet says that we should drink you know, cups of dairy every day. But if you look at the bottom, this is from the dairy industry. Well, of course they're going to say that. Um, you know, of course, Coca-Cola is going to say the sugar is no problem. Of course, you know, the tobacco industry is going to downplay the risk of the cigarettes. It's kind of in their bottom line best interest. I think people understand that um, and, uh, you know, can see the influence from past experience, whether it's the leaded gas industry or whether it was, uh, you know, the petroleum industry or, you know, on down the list, you can see that when there's that conflict of interest, um, uh, you know, bad things can happen. And the first part of that is just transparency, is just pointing it out and then seeking for some, uh, you know, some independent uh, source of inquiry. That's good advice indeed. And uh, like I say, do your digging. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, one of the, the latest things we've had is, you know, all of a sudden our, our bones are so brittle and, um, mm -hmm just here recently we've got um otago university saying that you know we've, we've got one of the highest if not the highest rate of bowel cancer in the world and all of a sudden oh. otago university is saying hey guess what we found out that dairy is actually really good for bowel cancer you know and we're like oh my lord and people just take that at face value and especially in a country like ours but all it needs to do is is to do a little digging and yeah who was behind this information where is it coming bit, from? When, when the thing came up and i was reading that i was straight away digging into like who are the, the backers the funders of this investigation yeah it's uh it's it's what we we definitely need to be doing and, and i mean these are just the bits that reach us out you know and in, in the rest of the world the, the stuff that must come to you must just yeah make you cringe which i guess like you say keeps keeps lighting that fire in, in your belly as well to to make sure that people aren't fooled by this stuff um and, uh, and, and now just because a study is funded by a particular industry doesn't necessarily mean um, that it's bad science, but it always, you yeah, need to take it with a grain of salt and do that extra digging. Yes, definitely. 
definitely definitely there's no excuse why we shouldn't in this day and age either and uh, and this year when so many of us have been stuck at home we've been very uh, fortunate over here in new zealand but you know many other people around the world as well have understandably described 2020 as a terrible year and have been really looking forward to 2021 as if a new year is magically going to make everything better as someone who has a, a good deal more insight than the rest of us what is your prediction for the year ahead um, well, uh, New Zealand will continue to thrive and everyone else will continue to uh, suffer uh, miserably during this pandemic, uh, particularly here in the States where um, we have uh, uncontrolled spread. Then we are just so lucky. It's such a mild pathogen. And, uh, you know, we're only going to deal uh, with hundreds of thousands of people dying um, as opposed to uh, uh, tens of millions. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, there's, you know, lots of talk about uh, the various vaccine candidates. There's over 100 um, worldwide in the works. Um, if all goes well, we may get an emergency authorization from the FDA um, for one or two of them, even by the end of this year. But you have to realize, to ramp up production, um, only very few people are going to be getting it. Um, the general public um, is not expected to actually get access to this um, vaccine until next summer. Um, so we shouldn't expect um, uh, sufficient vaccination until next fall, so fall 2021. And only if people actually rally behind and get vaccinated will enough individuals be immune that we can actually um, slow down the spread of this virus. So um, sadly, we are um, in uh, for, we, we continue to be um, in for a, a long ride, but it's not going to last forever. We're going to get through it. And then the focus really has to be on preventing something even worse down the road. You're already a best-selling author, physician, international speaker, prolific blogger and vlogger and received, um, received awards for your contribution to lifestyle medicine. What is next for Dr. Michael Greger? Can you possibly achieve any more at the moment? Ah, the next book, um, How Not to Age on All the Longevity Research. Going to be starting it in January um, and uh, will be published, um, if all goes well, uh, December 2022. Brilliant. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to that already. And Definitely. Back on the road, back on the road in 2023. If, again, if all goes well. That's fantastic. We'll have to just hope that we don't age too much in the time between then, won't we? I know. <laughs> and before these vaccines and, and all these other wonderful things that are, are you know, going to come out of, of uh, future, you know, hopefully not not too distant future. In the meantime, we can just keep uh, filling up our daily dozen. You've, you've got us both on the daily dozen that got us eating so many more plants. So oh, um, fantastic. you really, really did that work so well. And yeah, it's just about boosting our resilience, isn't it? And eating the right things, eating lots of plants doing what we can do it fantastic we will keep it up and um yeah just keep helping to spread your message which uh you know leads us nicely into the uh the final question where can our viewers follow you and support your work they can go to nutritionfacts.org um a free public service offering the latest in evidence-based nutrition Oh, fantastic. Well, we will be sure to link that in the description of this video so everyone can get there even easier. Follow the incredible work that you do. Um, can highly recommend signing up for the newsletter as well, as we yes. say. Every get, day, every day. Get, it, get in your emails there so, you, so you're up to date with all, all the great, great stuff that you're doing. And um, we can't thank you enough for being part of this series and sharing your, your wisdom and knowledge with us. And 
yeah. yeah. Thank you for everything you do. It's I don't know when you sleep, but I hope you do. <laughs> well, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So much to be done. So many, so much, so much suffering to be relieved. For sure. Well, we'll we'll keep thinking of all those lives that need to be saved as well, uh, both human and animal, and and uh, do our bit as much as we can as well. But, uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Keep up the great work. Thank you for listening to this interview. We hope you have found it informative and entertaining. To learn more about Dr. Gregor's work, check out nutritionfacts.org. Once again, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms for future episodes. And if you're enjoying our content, please leave a review on your chosen podcast platform. This has been Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals.